I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at There Once Was a Yogi. Also, I have a YouTube channel if you want to practice yoga or meditation with me, also under There Once Was a Yogi. And be sure to follow and leave a review. Thanks. Hey there, friends. Jay Stephen Willard here, presenting another episode. Uh, It's been a whirlwind of a week. I have spent most of the week in uh, Seattle. I officiated a wedding of uh, two friends, and it was really lovely. It was, it's weird, you know, traveling in these times of COVID because, you know, you're in a mask and, you know, you can only take the mask down to eat or drink, and the plane, <laughs> the plane was like packed and the airport was packed, and there were certainly some moments I was kind of freaking out a little bit internally. Never want to be that person that freaks out externally on a plane. But uh, I got to spend some time with a lot of friends, uh, some that I hadn't seen in a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was just, it was really nice. Um, you know, I, we're at the stage in our lives where the only time we see each other is weddings uh, or something like that. Because everyone is, is just kind of spread all around. And also got to connect with a, a new friend, like really in a cool, like deep, meaningful way. Like we spent... Uh, I think we spent like 24 hours together, like pretty much uninterrupted. And uh, it was just really lovely to, uh, you know, to get reminded that there's good stuff in the world and there are good people in the world. There's so much heaviness going on right now that it's it's sometimes hard to, to remember that there are moments of light and there are uh, connections that make a difference. And today I am talking to my friend Ashley Mazel, who is a fellow yogi and teacher here in Charleston. Uh, Ashley and I, quote, met, air quote, met (laughs) uh, last year during um, the first part of the lockdown, but also it was, you know, the summer of BLM. And, you know, I was uh, posting a lot and and going to, you know, a couple of things, (laughs) protests. And uh, we connected on social media. We had never met, and we just were DMing each other in a non-salacious way. And one day, I said, "You know, you should just come take like a, a class, take one of my classes with me." And this was when we were not um, we were not having in-person classes. And so she's like, "Yeah, how about Thursday?" And I was like, "Thursday sounds great. It's also my birthday." And she's like, it's my birthday. <laughs> so we bonded over birthday margaritas. And this chat is over Rosé. And I just adore her. She's she's smart and she's strong. And she is just, she just kicks ass. Uh, I She inspires me. I, I, I want to be her when I grow up. But I hope you'll enjoy the conversation. Um, again, it was at a wine bar. <laughs> and there's a little bit of... Uh, background noise. Although they put us on a patio by ourselves, there was still a little, uh, you know, music playing overhead. Excuse me while I take a sip of beverage. Uh, But I think you expect that in in these episodes. So without further ado, here is my friend Ashley. All right, friends, another on-location joint. Hence the music playing overhead. Um, yeah, I did, uh, when I re- interviewed my friend Maddie, we were at uh, La Carretta, and it's oh. like literally just Mexican <laughs> music the whole time. But I, I am it. sitting here today with my, my friend and my cosmic twin, albeit years younger, Ashley <laughs> Mazel. <laughs> Ashley Mazel. We have the same birthday. She's the first person I've met in person with the same actual birthday. Say hello, Ashley. Hello. We are, uh, we are sitting and chatting today on a back patio of a, of a lovely little wine bar here in Charleston. Let's cheers. Cheers, cheers. to, to seeing old friends. Uh, we're having a nice rosé. Mm-hmm. As um, Ashley said, you know, rosé season is wrapping up. And I didn't say it to you when you said it, but I have rosé all year round. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I don't give a shit. And in Charleston, you, you can do that. You can. I just feel like it's just, you know, it's a really on-season thing. And it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, since we're going to like 
we are shifting into fall and even though we don't have like true fall weather it's exactly like three days of right. fall yeah but energetically you kind of feel that sense of grounding that's true like you know and energetically you feel that shift and i'm such a summer baby and you're you know you might be the same way i um, hate summer though really oh i fucking hate summer i just said this uh so sorry if y'all are hearing this again i hate the heat i hate to sweat the only thing I liked about summer as a kid was that I could sleep in and that I could stay up late and watch Johnny Carson and Love Boat reruns. Oh my gosh, you don't like the beach? I hate the beach. Really? You're one of those <laughs> I hate the beach. That's so crazy. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like the sand. I don't like again, don't like sweating. The whole time like leaving the beach, I just feel like I'm like this. Like, yeah. I just need to be like dipped in a bath. Oh my goodness. Are you not you're an outdoorsy girl? But I do love the ocean. Mm. I love well, now the that's ocean. what's funny is like once I once you get me there, I do love the I love the ocean itself. I just don't like everything around it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. literally. I understand, <laughs> like the sandiness, having to detail your car. Exactly. Yeah, the people. I'm not. A, you know, I'm not a big people person, and it's always like, depending on what beach you go to, it's like they literally let anyone on it. Yeah, that's why I like the quieter beaches. Like, I have right. all my spots. Like, I have a certain way I set things up to, like, you know, create my vibe. I totally get that. I had an ex who, um, his family had a beach house uh, in North Myrtle Beach. And the beach was private. So I was like, oh, my God, this is gorgeous. Like, this is a great part of Myrtle Beach. Yeah. And then one day we decided we'd walk down to, like, you know, the, the public to actual Myrtle Beach. We had to climb like this stone wall, and like <laughs> you went from this beach of maybe thirty people to going over this wall, and there are literally like probably two thousand people crammed together oh on the God. beach. I don't know. Have you ever been to Myrtle? I have. Yeah. Yes. There's a reason Myrtle. they call it Dirty Myrtle. Every time I go to Myrtle Beach. I swear, I don't want to live this narrative anymore, but every time I go to Myrtle Beach, something bizarre happens. Mm. Like, it's just weird juju around Myrtle Beach, or it just doesn't end well. Like, just toxicity always is just... It's a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's been for business, leisure, or, like, a friend's, you know, thing that, like, I have to visit. Yeah. Um, it's not. I went up uh, a couple of years ago with a friend because she was obsessed with this uh, specific restaurant, Shiver Me Pinchers. Interesting. That <laughs> yeah. sounds very Myrtle. It's very Myrtle. <laughs> so one Saturday she calls me and she's like, let's go up there. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, let's do it. So we go up. We're the only two in the restaurant. And it's a seafood place. And like the whole time I was just praying like, please do not let me shit myself on the way home <laughs> from this food. But so we, we left there and we went to the boardwalk. And I was like, God, I really, if I did meth, this would be the best place to be because I bet you I could get it so easy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just so odd. It is. It's such an odd place. One of the best but terrible stories that I have, the best of the terrible stories, the most terrible story. <laughs> I, ha- I have to tell you when this is not recording. Oh, oh my God! You're gonna tease people like that. Is it's there? A, so bad. Oh, is there a sanitized version that you uh, want to share? Or oh my God, I don't even know like how I can even water this down because it's all so embarrassing. Like wow. it's so embarrassing. It's so bad. Like it's so bad. Now I okay. I'll I confess. went on a date. You don't. Oh, ever, those are great. Like, you went on a date. And I already knew beach was bad but i was like you know what you traveled to myrtle for a date Mm -hmm. oh girl and i never travel like my mom's always told me like never let a guy fly you out like he comes to you first Mm -hmm. and then but you know like myrtle you don't fly like and i was (laughs) fine like getting away you know for like a day or two like i got my own place okay um, okay and then you know it was just i was late you know as usual and like (laughs) The guy was really upset, Ooh. and he really, like, I don't have a this type. This was first date? Yes. I don't have a type, but this really wasn't, like, my type. But I was just like, you know, this person is funny, like, we click. Um, and it was just, that, so basically, um, he, he left me with a check. <gasps> <laughs> 
complained about the food prices while we were at the restaurant. Oh. It was some rooftop place. Like for Myrtle, it was considered nice. Right. Um, and it was So outdoors. like it was probably Applebee's or something probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Applebee's, but it was somewhere on the rooftop. For Myrtle Beach, it was uh, the best of like one of the vibes you can get, you know. Okay. It, it's springtime and... So he didn't like, why did he leave? Okay, so what had happened was, so he did complain about the food prices a uh-huh. few times. And I'm like, maybe he's just like really frugal and good at saving money. But I just didn't like, I, I don't like that. Yeah. So, like the way he was complaining. But he was being like, you know, started inviting me to like um, uh, a get together for the following day. I'm like, okay, I guess this is a good sign. So one of his friends called him. He actually answered the phone. Mm, and red then, flag. Yeah. And then um, he actually had me say hi to the friend, put him on speaker. And I was like, okay. Like, it's an outdoor sort okay. of. Okay. So, yeah. And I don't think the phone call was that important, but whatever. He ended up going to the bathroom. While he was in the bathroom, my friend um, had called me a few times. My best friend. So I ended up FaceTiming her back while he was in the restroom. And then she was telling me something really important. And you know when people are like talking really fast and they have something important right, to say. Right. You don't have time to interject. Um, I, he comes back and he says something to me and I'm like, wait, hold on. And he was like, he got pissed. Just like he, he got pissed, but like I thought he was joking, you know, because uh-huh. it's like I guess that was poor manners on my part. I didn't think I would take it that seriously. And then um, I look up, finish the phone call, and he's, like, gone. And then my I Ubered to the restaurant. I went separately. Yeah. And um, my phone was starting to die. Actually, oh, no. I didn't have a charger. And so the... No one behind the bar, I think, had an iPhone charger. <laughs> it's Myrtle Beach. <laughs> it's a town of droids. I don't remember. I don't remember. But to make a very long story short, <laughs> what? Uh, I there were no Ubers coming. There were no Ubers. There were no Lyfts coming for some reason. Wow. And I'm like, okay, my phone is still this dead. This is how horror movies start. Yeah, there. My phone is basically dead. Like trying to like look at the directions of like how to walk back to my hotel oh, wow and i was like okay i'm just gonna walk down this strip and i'll figure it out like intuitively <laughs> i will figure it out like, yogi correct. that you are yes <laughs> and um so you know the strip's all crazy and people you know hollering there's this group of um uh, young adults of some sort of Latin descent. They all speak <laughs> Spanish. You know, I understand Spanish, but I don't speak it well. Um, so it's like I'm a baby. Like, I can understand a good <laughs> bit, but, like, I don't know how to, like, always right. s- express myself the way I need to. But they um, invited me to, like, you know, <laughs> come party. And I'm like, I just need Ooh. to charge my phone really right? quick. Traffic was at a standstill. I was like, just get my phone charged. I'll charge your por favor. Yes. <laughs> I was like, just charge my phone. Like, whoever's in the back of the cab. And so I'm like, just standing at the street. So the uh, traffic's starting to move a little bit. And I'm like, they can't get away from my phone. So I jumped in the back of the truck. <laughs> I just need to get home. I just want to go to sleep so bad. Right? And um, then... A cop pulls up um, because uh, they're in the back of the truck and the bed of the truck, and that's illegal. <laughs> Even and in Myrtle Beach, right? And it's like this motorcycle cop, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't have time for this. I'm in a Lily Pulitzer dress. Don't ask me why I own any Lily Pulitzer. Okay, that's a. But I was in a Lily Pulitzer dress and in heels, but I looked cute. It was a cute Lily. Okay, and um. I was just like, what the heck? I don't have time for this. And I know this is terrible, but I got out of the truck and I just uh, went the opposite direction. (laughs) And I was like, well, and then guess what? My phone was still in the cab of the truck. Oh, no. So this story, I could tell you the full thing, but um, yeah, I I ended up finding my way to the hotel. 
um, these really nice girls that oh, gave me a ride. Wow. Like, that's not sketchy at all. I know. I know. Not good. Um, but the guy, uh, I, because I was like, what happened? Like, why was he so mad? Because he didn't answer the phone either oh, when I wow. called him. Yeah. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, who does that? And so the next um, day... I was just like, are you okay? Like, what uh -huh. happened? Well, that's very nice of you. And he, like, finally answered. And I had to contact him from, like, my iPad. It was so bad. <laughs> like, poor old, like, me, insecure, people pleaser. Like, just, Ooh, uh, yes. I wonder if that's a Gemini um, trait, people pleasing. It's a lot of people's traits. Yeah, that's or, true. And also just anxious uh, attachment style. Yeah. You know? Um, just oh, the need for answers and closure. I just want to hug that girl. Oh my goodness! Can I tell you what my the mantra? I'll share with you a mantra that I have. I doubt you would ever do that again. But a no, mantra. Not. My mantra is drive for dick, not for dates. Oh my god! <laughs> like so, I'll drive. I would drive to Myrtle for dick and back. <laughs> but like, if someone was like, "Oh, let's go out to dinner," I'd be like, "Yeah, no, you're not local. Yeah. Sorry." Either way, you know, I was just like, I had my own, like, you know, spot by the beach yep. anyways to just chill out. Like, I didn't even care to, like, hang out with him because I come with the expectation of, like, no expectations. But that sort of behavior, yeah. I just did not expect mm. from a man or a mm -hmm. human being. Yeah, that's it was, true. It really caught me off guard. But we would also call that a bullet dodged. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, that you is know? not I mean... okay behavior. Like, boundaries is one thing, but, like... And it's not like he thought I was disgusting or ugly because, like, he was just well, clearly not Duh. inviting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't one of those things. Like, it was truly a shh. And um, he finally like responded to me. He's like, "You shush me." And I was like, "But I lost my phone, and I had to find my way mm, back home." And he's like, "That's not my fault. Like, was I supposed to babysit you?" And I'm like, "You know what?" wish you well. And I went to the beach and I had a lot of drinks and I didn't have my phone so I just took selfies on, a, <laughs> on an iPad. On an iPod <laughs> and they were low quality but you know I was happy and I yeah. I uh, you know took a nap and came back to Charleston. And, well you know that yeah. phrase how you do one thing is how you do everything. So yeah his reaction to that is how he reacts to everything probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, are you from Charleston? I am. Okay, what yeah. part of town did you grow up in? I'm originally from James Island. I've oh, lived in every okay. part of Charleston. Just likewise. At this point. I've never lived in Mount Pleasant. Really? Yeah. No. I've only lived as far as, you know, Daniel Island in that yeah. direction. Yeah. Um, never actually on Mount P. Okay. I don't think I knew that. Um, Ashley All the is... golf cart people. The kids. Oh, like, yeah. That oh, were you a golf carter? No, I'm saying, like... Um, the kids, like everyone, oh, like God, rides their golf carts around the island, and their kids are usually on well, it. Well, guess what? That's all, that's Lefty Island. They do it. They do it in West Ashley. Yeah, it's so annoying. I mean, it's different if you're in like a planned development. And right. You see that often. Right. It's the whole freaking island. It's a culture. It's, children. it's a culture. And I'm, so my anxiety is so mm. bad. It's like there's a child <laughs> driving in one of these things. Oh they my just gosh. run rampant all over the island. I was driving to yoga. I think it was yesterday, and uh, I was I cut through this neighborhood, and there, there there's this girl, little girl, maybe twelve on her bike but also staring at her iPhone coming oh, right no. at me and I was like oh my god do I honk like what do I do and she finally looked up and I was like damn <laughs> like put the fucking phone down so uh, it's seeing you were so concerned about cursing on here see I think I've already said fuck like five times I love it you live an authentic you know <laughs> expression like I've been so this is actually what I've been looking forward to all week is like seeing you and just this energy that I knew would be here and I'm like this is the first podcast I've ever looked forward to because <laughs> all of my other podcasts it's been so heavy like let's talk yeah. about trauma let's talk yeah. about politics like let's talk oh. about this and it's like you know to just flow yeah and just, I'm always gonna be myself but like to have your energy it's just reciprocated just flows it's well, it's funny. Thank you, first of all. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, I mean, Ashley and I actually, I guess, air quote, met last year during, like, because we were both very heavily posting <laughs> during BLM. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I can't remember if I DM'd you or you DM'd me. And we were just kind of like, 
I think just kind of very, just kind of chatting like, oh my God, that's a great post or blah, blah, blah. And then I think I invited you to a class because this is when it was still like, we were still closed. Yeah. Like I was sneaking people in. And um, and I said something about, oh yeah, come Thursday, it's my birthday. And you're like, it's my birthday. Yes. <laughs> so we did yoga and drank margaritas yes. and finally got to like meet in person. Yeah, so it's so good. And I've been following you for a while because I was like, this man is so funny. <laughs> Like, the, you would have, like, the best memes, and I'm like, he's just so funny. He's so cool. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense why I think you're so right, hilarious. Exactly. We should. With you. I, met, I met someone else with the same birthday. Really? I had someone uh, come to my house and uh, do a massage. It was a legit massage. It was not like there was no shenanigans. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that there would be. I mean, be. I would not have been opposed to shenanigans. Would you like more rosé? Absolutely. And um, I think I've only done one episode that was minus um, an alcohol um, component. You need pre stuff a little more in there so that you're you... are right, I so do. It's, I was trying so it's to fair look and classy. But he... Um, they can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> but he... Uh, like, we were in my living room. And so he went to put his uh, business card on the table. And I had my, my vaccination card was laying there. And he's like, oh, my God, that's my birthday. And I was like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. So next year we might have to coordinate maybe a a June 10th. (laughs) I'm still accepting gifts, by the way. Does he do any Reiki? Reiki He does. Now, how do you feel about Reiki? I, you know, want, I've been trying to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. And I continuously feel like it's something I actually would want to study. It's Mm. something I want to study. it's, How do you feel? It's one of those things I want to believe. <laughs> but I don't know if it's the cynical part of me. Because I just did an interview the other day. And um, he... And we talked. such a Gemini man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Y'all are so cynical. Y'all. So, You're y'all a Gemini. So spi- okay, we'll get to that. We'll go into the uh, astrology. <laughs> astrology things later okay what happened um no so he was saying he's like i've just i've never felt anything when i've done any of the that energy stuff and i was like oh my god the same thing like i love the intention of it and like i've had friends who you're on the receiving end yeah okay and again i i want to believe it but i've just never had an experience do you feel like there was any sort of shift after like nothing you know I don't know. I don't think so. It doesn't always happen, like, you know, in real time. And see, I'm a very, like, I I very, are you a destination or journey person? I think I'm a little bit of both, but I have to always remind myself it's about the journey. See, I'm totally, like, if I'm going on vacation, I want the fastest, most direct route. I want to be by the pool with a drink in the quickest amount of time. I'm not one of these, like, oh, my God, let's stop and see the world's largest chicken and oh <laughs> this place has the best bi- I don't give a shit about that I think I, it depends on like what it is you know it just depends on the circumstance mm. but with some of that thing I, some of those things it's not like an instant gratification thing yeah. I think it just is. it starts to clear some things it makes space and then from there I think it can it can do something for you I mean I'm always open to it and I'll always try it I always say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm equal parts um, cynic and all in. Exactly. But you never, you never know. Like, that's why I want to study it because, you know, it may be more so of, like, what they say, the placebo effect, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Something that's very uh, quantum. So that yeah. you have this person facilitating this healing moment. And, yes, they might be more of a conduit uh-huh. for and tapped in spiritually and all of that and they're kind of facilitating this moment but if even if you are like having that placebo effect thing of like believing yeah. your beliefs and your mind and your subconscious they're so powerful mm-hmm. so you're creating that reality yourself so i mean like that's why i think jesus was really practicing reiki mm, right? that's true that's very you know true what I mean? and like the bible and all the other religions are telling us like well the bible says you know you are made in his image right. and his divine 
image. Yeah. And really, it's the same thing as the law of quantum physics of mm. everything that Buddha talked That's about. That's very true. You know what I mean? So it's just always remembering how powerful we are to even heal ourselves within. And sometimes we need just someone to... Um, help facilitate those moments mm. for us. Can I bit. share with you a really powerful thing I heard? But that's just how I kind of see it. No, I think that's great. <laughs> like, no, you totally just gave me a different perspective on that, actually. Um, I So I interviewed the other day uh, a friend of mine who's also been like my, you know, my, my spiritual mentor and teacher. And like, I've known him for, I don't know, eight or nine years. But we were talking the other day and he said, you know, like I'm even at this place now of like using God. He's like, I almost don't like to use God because it still implies that it's something outside of me when the reality is that God is in me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of true. But God, even if it's it's supposed to be, I think, even if we say God is that, it is the interconnected uh, interconnectedness that God is in us, that his divinity is in us, or he... It's, it's hard to use the pronouns because yeah. of our conditioning. Right. But we know, even if we were to talk about all these translated versions of the Bible mm-hmm. that have been whitewashed, mm-hmm. that we Literally. know that we're essentially all talking about the same thing, that even if you were to look at the Bible, it talks about this omnipotent, yeah. omniscient presence. Um, and, you know, the time is just like in a circle. It's mm-hmm. just this infinite being of mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that love is within us. So I think that's why um, God, universe, you know, God is even more, is far more expansive right. than the universe right. because we know of one universe. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sometimes I think even saying God is good because it's it's more expansive than the universe. We ask things for the universe. We know the universe will support us. But if there's a God, that's yeah. we're talking about all the galaxies. We're talking about all the, the all the things. Yeah, you know? that's what I see. That's how'd you uh, how'd you grow up? Did you grow up in a religious house or no? No, I was just I think always really intrigued by spirituality uh-huh. and like intuitive. So you don't have any of the religious baggage? Oh no, I do. Oh, you do. <laughs> so what had happened was is that I ended up having to go to a private school for quite a few years, and um, the trauma. At the time, I didn't realize I was, you know, I didn't realize I was being traumatized at the time. Uh-huh. I was definitely being, you know, brainwashed, being mm. like one of the only, you know, minorities in the school. And with it being privately funded, they can talk about politics and all sorts of things That's all true. the time. And then also give this very um, oppressive way of teaching mm. um, the Word of God and the Bible um, when it comes to... So much, you know. So that, much. And right. so I understand why people have a bad taste in their mouth, you know. Um, but I still was always very um, much like a lover of wanting to just learn more mm. about religions and mm-hmm. theology and philosophy and um, just wanting to tap into the spiritual side. So when I started studying the Bible more, I immediately love the relationship I was creating with God, mm. which wasn't religion. Right. That's my spirituality. That's me right. connecting with my soul. Yeah. Which and is still something that people have a hard time making that distinction between mm-hmm. spirituality and religion. And I don't understand why it's so hard. You I know. know I don't either. All this conditioning, it's like, let let go of that. Jesus literally, the whole freaking story of Jesus is to dismantle yeah. all of that crap yeah. and say, what are y'all doing? Also, not, <laughs> not a white American Christian. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus just, was brown, y'all. It's like it's been weaponized. You <laughs> oh, know, oh my to, God. To continue. For, for totally. To perpetuate the imbalance of power. You're uh, you're too young to, to probably know of this. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I was what, probably my favorite episode of Good Times. If you ever watch Good, Good Times, Times. Okay. yes, <laughs> Janet Jackson. Yes, is, yeah. Uh, and the Iron uh, was when JJ uh, painted Black Jesus. Okay, so there's an episode where he makes a painting of Black Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, and there's like this big uproar about it, even within his house, because everyone had, you know, the picture of Jesus I had growing up was like sandy blonde hair, blue eyes, uh-huh. my color skin, and so because you know at that age I didn't think about like oh yeah he was in the Middle East there's a good chance he had dark <laughs> curly hair at least 
right. <laughs> and probably brown eyes. Right. But so yeah, so uh, JJ paints this picture of Black Jesus. And I'm going to leave it there because I feel like you should seek out that episode and watch it. I want to watch it. Yeah, it's fantastic. What did you think as a? Because you were, you know, oh my in god, a Ash, place in life I when used you first to get, I used to get in so much trouble uh, in Sunday school because I always grew up in like very diverse settings. Mm-hmm. Like we lived outside of DC uh, for many years, and so oh, I went wow. to school on on the military base. And it's, you know, it's a mix of people. And then when we moved back to Charleston, uh, I grew up in North Charleston. So all my schools from like elementary through high school were probably predominantly like probably 70, 30 black to white. So so it was, you know, it it wasn't a thing for me. And then, but I always get in trouble in Sunday school because churches in the South, I don't know about now because I haven't been in a church in many years, but churches back then were still very much segregated. White people went to one church, black people went to another church. So we never had black people come into our church and I didn't understand that. (laughs) Why did I, why was I in a classroom with like 20 black kids, but not one on Sunday? So I would always get walked out to the sanctuary to my parents because I was asking too many questions. Which is crazy, you know, that you think <laughs> I know. you want to, you know, nurture that hungry mind for information. Right. And I just remember, you know, like for myself, when I had to go to a school where you're studying studying things like more in depth mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. day, you know, I definitely would have questions, but these ideas and ideologies you know, at that time, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So you're just kind of taking it all in yeah. and thinking about it. And I just remember when I was like, I'd, I just had all sorts of questions, um, too. But sometimes I was like, okay. But <laughs> when it came to politics, it was always interesting for me because um, politics were always a topic, mm. you know. Um, I had my mom who is like more liberal black woman democrat and then my dad a white man conservative republican oh interesting loved rush limbaugh oh god um rest in peace i love my dad he passed (laughs) in april of 2018 so unfortunately he didn't get to see 2020 Mm. i I can't even imagine the conversations we would be Mm. having right now but um even up until, you know, the day of his death, he was rooting for Trump. Wow. Um, so wow. just to give you an idea of, like, the two opposite sides of the spectrum. So they were not together. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's still, I still saw him every week. He yeah. still played um, a huge part of my life. And I would have these questions, and I would go home, and then I'd ask my mom, and then I'd ask my dad, and I'm like, they both have very logical <laughs> answers yeah. to all these questions I yeah. have right now. And um, I think from that early age, I've had to try to make sense of the world with both of those perspectives mm-hmm. and just think for myself, really. But that's really cool, though, that you did have both of those perspectives, I think. Because, like, I grew up in a very uh, democratic household. Like, my parents always voted, except with, with maybe one exception, always voted Democrat. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my grandfather was a, my grandfather was a uh, tobacco farmer and moonshiner in uh, rural North Carolina. Um, and he was a diehard Democrat. And they, we were visiting one Christmas and my parents had revealed that they had voted for uh, Richard Nixon. Mm. And he was threatening to throw, throw them out of the house for voting for, quote, a goddamn, he couldn't say Republican, for voting for a goddamn Publican. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I always grew up, so I've always voted Democrat in everything. And then in like 20, I don't know, maybe 2008, my mom remarried and totally flipped the script. Like she is huge Trumper, Fox News watcher. Aww. And it's so weird to hear my mom say certain things now. Cause I'm like, that's not the house I grew up in. Like I grew up like literally yeah. everyone that came to my house after school was a, a person of color. And my mom would like make cookies and make us lunch and blah, blah, blah. And now she says things that I'm just like, the fuck is this coming from? What's her answer? Is it just from like an economical standpoint? Because that's how a lot of people say they justify it as business and thinking very fiscally, which I don't think it even makes sense either. They have not remotely been affected 
financially mm-hmm. by Trump. Yeah. Like they still, it's it's just wild. And it's, uh, but yeah, it is interesting that I've always been someone, and I think you've probably been like this too, I've just always been someone that asks questions. Yeah. It, it, it may not be out loud, but I still yeah. ask questions. So how did, when did you get into yoga? So yoga, I was first, I took my first yoga class in high school, which oh. was like a gym, like in at the local gym, basically. Yeah. Like I would go there after school and then they have the group fitness things and I'm like, oh, okay. And it was more <laughs> just like stretching, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I didn't really think much about it. And then um, I started going to, to more um, group fitness, you know, even graduating high school and um, started doing more of the yoga things. And then, you know, right out of high school, I started in my line of work that's outside of yoga within the scope of real estate. And I was still in school at the same time, had a lot going on, had a really stressful relationship I was in. And then I um, booked a class at um, a regular yoga studio Mm -hmm. and I did a restorative class and a yin class because I didn't know much and it was slower and I was like this did you cry not the first time but as I got to learn to drop more into my body and I actually saw noticed I could slow down the thoughts Mm -hmm. and just be present yes yeah tears would come yeah um and then from there i started you know doing um i fell off the practice would come back and then i started you know doing more of the power yoga the vinyasa flow (laughs) the hot yoga and then it just snowballed into an obsession and you know of course i've been in the hot girl yoga world (laughs) and been there done that as a student as a teacher Um, And I wanted to, I didn't call it that initially, but I started out very sculpty. Yeah. I didn't want to be like a true yoga teacher. And it's just because it was like, yoga has done so much for me. Like the actual inner workings of yoga. Like I was like, who am I? It's like the imposter syndrome. Like who am Mm. I to be that for anyone? Right. Or or lead that sort of space for anyone. Yeah. Like I was so insecure it's so sad to think about that but well it's, it's like it's wild <laughs> to think about that but i totally i totally get that because how long have you been teaching now only two years two years okay yeah, so probably. when i like i've been practicing yoga since i mean like seriously practicing since probably 94 mm-hmm. and then i don't know maybe around 2000 i started like thinking like oh maybe like maybe i want to teach but i was like you know i was this chubby like bald guy and everyone every you other chubby? dude oh my god girl I still see myself that way do you really oh, fuck yes oh no they say Gemini's we always seem so confident on the outside but really we're just like these insecure oh 100% like, dogmatic are you like, like that do you feel that way loners oh yeah <laughs> are, do you consider yourself an introvert because I'm totally consider myself an introvert I high functioning introvert I'm yes. an extrovert for hire Yes, uh, exactly, exactly. That, that's it right there, and that's why yeah. like, high functioning introvert because it's like you're probably also an empath too. Yes, which means I need to like sleep. Like yes, people, like I wanna. I need my alone time. Right, like I want to have a meaningful conversation. I don't know how to talk about the weather I, and regular girl, stuff. Same. I'm gonna start. That's why I never, <laughs> I never take it personally when you and I haven't been able to like connect because I know, because you know, like it's sometimes you're just like. I can't. Like, I don't have right. anything. I got nothing in the tank to give you. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, people always think I'm bullshitting. But, like, when I finish teaching on Sunday nights, I have taught. That is, like, my eighth class of the week that I have taught. And, like, eight groups of people mm-hmm. that I have been in, in sangha with, in community with. And Daddy is exhausted. That's a ton of energy out Yes. There. It is. I tried yoga full time during my hiatus from, you know, like my other life work. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I love this song. It's playing. It's good, oldie but goodie. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of energy output, it's... and especially highly sensitive people. Yeah. As you know, like I can just. Be and you have to be so on. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you can show up and half ass it. But I always, I can always tell when I'm in someone's class that's not really into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm like, oh, 
Like, I just... And then you get irritated. Yeah, yeah. But yes, no, I, so every guy back then that was teaching, you know, had like long, flowy hair and was like, you know, ripped and tatted and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's not me. And it took me about five years to be like, okay, maybe I can't... Even when I did my teacher training, I had no intentions of teaching. I just wanted to That's know more. That's actually what it was for me, too, is I just wanted to deepen my practice. Yeah. And like, I need more of this, yeah. you know, and that sort of outlet. So I was totally there with you. Yeah. And then I, you know, I literally, uh, I graduated teacher training on a Sunday, and I had a class by Saturday. Oh, really? And I was just like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't even get freaking hired. That's been like 16 years. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. You went right into it. I, went right, I, did, I wasn't doing it uh, full-time, though. I was, uh, <laughs> I was still working at the DMV. You worked at the I DMV? I worked at the DMV. How I'm, was that? Oh, it was awful. Oh it was God. awful. Like I can't even imagine what it's like working at the DMV. I this is what I think. Although if I had stayed, I would I would be close to retiring now. But I also think I would be about three hundred pounds, smoker, alcoholic. <laughs> so you might have less years on your life. Totally, totally. So I had my I had a foot in each world for about two or three years, where I was working you know my nine to five, mm-hmm. and then I was teaching maybe I think two classes a week at that time, and then but it, like every time I would go in I would just be like oh my god this is literally soul crushing, mm-hmm. and then an opportunity just presented itself for me to do the yoga thing full time, and amazing. I thought okay I guess I'll do this and that's been it's been a long time. What a dream. Yeah. What a dream. That's the thing, though. I tell people, like, you know, if you want to do this, you got to you gotta be willing to hustle. And yes. there's a little hustle and grind involved. But, yes. So you're not teaching full-time anymore? No, I'm not. And then in my little, you know, seven-month hiatus, however long, you know, I also was putting together my nonprofit. Which is which called... Is- Breath to blossom. Mm-hmm. Often people say breathe to blossom. <laughs> breathe has an e at the end. Exactly. Um, and also, it sounds aggressive. Breathe, breathe to, to blossom. You know, yeah, that does sound that, very aggressive. Right, and that's like very contradictive of the whole mission because everything is very invitational. Now, know? what is the mission? So the mission: um, we provide accessible, trauma-informed yoga, yoga therapy, and mental health services to survivors of intimate trauma. Mm. So we heavily focus on the populations of survivors of uh, domestic violence, intimate abuse, mm. and sex trafficking. Oh so, wow! Yeah, intimate trauma. A lot goes into it, but those three categories are some things I I like to highlight. Yeah. Um, but we've all been impacted by intimate trauma, totally. even if it's by curiously I mean even if um and it's it's cyclical so even if you are you know a little boy and it's not even your parents it could be your aunt and uncle and you witness this argument that was like it scared mm, you right or a fight and it's almost like you blocked it out you don't even remember it but it's in your subconscious mind because you know that subconscious and mind, in your body right your body is internalizing yeah. that um, and then somehow that begins to show up in how you do relationships. Uh, I mean, that's just girl. like a little example. Yeah. But it's just that like, it's just to explain that like, you know, we're not just a bunch of like women in pretty colors and fonts, you know. Right. Um, it's, it's a lot, but we're all suffering from this and it typically comes from the ego. And we know mm-hmm. yoga is about eliminating the, the ego of the lower self. Um, our slogan is nurturing the power within Mm. so it's about all of us peeling back those layers and coming back to the soul um and just nurturing that because you're already powerful and reclaiming that right and taking agency over your body and and so um with the trauma-informed yoga and yoga therapy it gives you that space to release the trauma also cultivate the the inner awareness Mm -hmm. of what's going on any potential triggers Mm. um which works really well in conjunction with uh, talk therapy. Yeah. But talk therapy isn't always conducive to everyone's healing. That's very true. It can be traumatizing. That's very true. To talk about. So we have these nine-week programs where survivors will work one-on-one with a um, yoga teacher, trauma-informed space. Mm. And um, they have the options to opt in to 
the clinical therapy. Okay. So, um, and it's no cost, it's no insurance. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so starting out, we're taking referrals from clinicians, so actual survivors who are connected with, you know. A therapist the, or. Yeah, or um, the hospital. Oh, or, wow. Um, uh, the domestic violence shelter or other organizations that are aligned with like the human trafficking task force. Mm. So that's how we're starting out. We're still in this pilot year for our first year. Yeah. Maybe first two years. We had our soft launch about three months ago. Um, but we have started our sliding skill program where literally anyone can do reduced cost therapy or teletherapy with Kate Eldine. Mm. Um, and always can check into that too. What is your, what's your student base like? So, like, is it all women, or is there... Right now, we want to just focus on women. I think eventually we could serve some other populations. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as, like, those sliding skill programs where right. people could just pay, but it's, mm. like, a reduced cost, that could be open to anyone, yeah. you know? Um, but for, you know, the the core, the meat of everything is really with that, that nine-week program mm. and everything, which is mostly just going to be kind of more so focused on women. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's an interesting time to be, well, to be alive. Or but film I'll... identifying humans. Mm. You oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting that we, for so many years, we never spoke of trauma. And now it's so uh, predominant and mm-hmm. so, and such a conversation yeah. that, I don't know, I think it's, because I think that a lot of people don't even recognize that they have trauma, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, uh, I know even myself, like I'm, you know, I'm a good, I can't do the math right now, like almost 40 years from like my first traumatic event, but I'm still processing shit from it. Like there's still shit that comes up that I'm like, whoa. And I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about triggers. And he said, you know, he's like, I used to like, he was a, he's a reverend, gay reverend. And he's like, you know, I had one person that was coming who told me that they were triggered by the word God. And so every Sunday I would try to think of other things to call it or him or whatever. And he said, then one day he just finally was like, you know what? It, it's God. And if that's your trigger, you can approach this two ways. You can either see that trigger as that, oh, I still have some healing to do, or I still have... There's something I'm still trying to get freedom around. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to another place. Right. You know? And so I think that a lot of times we think of triggers as something we need to avoid. But since I had that conversation with him, like if I get triggered by something, I'm like, ooh, what am I still holding on to there? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, that it is important to have uh, a system in place for you that you can like tap into and say, hey, this thing came up for me. Yeah. That for, and have someone that can like walk you through it and process it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so cultivating that inner awareness, that's why that's mm-hmm. you know, so crucial and, and so key and, you know, not judging yourself for it and, you know, finding some tools to cope mm-hmm. with that. And then, you know, once you're aware, you can even focus more so on, you know, the releasing you yeah. know, and everything the body is holding and that you're subconsciously holding on to yeah um, as well and I like that term of releasing versus letting go yeah because I think that the actual concept of letting go is kind of scary for people and it sounds like a bunch of work sounds like a bunch of work it sounds like a bunch of and work. honestly you never do right like you honestly never let something go because somewhere it's floating around it pops up it you takes know. time. It, yeah. It takes time. I mean. And see, this is, again, that journey destination thing. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, but seriously, like. Yeah. yeah it's a journey. Like, I, you're not going to go to one trauma-informed class and be, quote, cured. Exactly. Um, it's it's definitely a process, and it's a lifelong um, thing as well. And I know when I took seven months to really go into deep self-work, shadow work, like oh. dark night of the soul, like yeah. so many people have been experiencing in the last two years, as yeah. consciousness has been elevating universally, you know, um, COVID and just beyond that. Um, and so in this process, because when I was going to launch nonprofit, it was not this mission. Mm. I got it. So this is where I'm going to get a little woo, air quotes. Go for it. Woo. I, you know, I got that download, that intuitive spiritual download 
as I was writing a message to someone um, on LinkedIn to, to do something for me because I'm starting this nonprofit. And then I started typing for uh, women who have survived domestic violence. And I'm like, why did I just type So what was that? it before? It was going to be um, a yoga that would be um, a, a program more accessible to Title I schools. And now I have all the resources for that. Yeah. Um, but I just try to connect other people to make that mission grow without right. me actually having a nonprofit for it, which is funny. That nothing was aligning when I was trying to yeah. do that. Because that's what, not what you were supposed to be doing. Right. But, yeah, so now that, like, I uh, I connect people in certain ways to still see that mission expand, mm. but I just don't make it, like, yeah. my, my thing. And when I, from that moment, everything started aligning, and there were so many synchronicities from that moment. It was just, like, all the resources yeah. just, just came, and I did not want to do it. I was mm. like, this uh-huh. is not I was like I can't do this I'm so messed up and so far from from the healing of this and then it clicked Mm. it clicked this is what I was I thought in all of this time of doing this deep work that I wasn't running away from anything but clearly this was my moment to say no you're running away from some things and it's everything that falls under this Mm -hmm. So it held me accountable to, okay, see my blueprint of where I have wounds and healing and inner child child healing and the abusive relationships I was in and um, what I've been exposed to when it comes to trafficking. Right. Um, And just the the paranoia, the PTSD, Mm. everything just came to the surface. And I knew I had to do so much work, I guess I would say, before officially launching this. And then once the little soft launch came and it's like, oh, I have to talk about this. You know, I I told you before, like, um, I would just black out. I would black out. Mm. And like, now that doesn't happen. Mm. Um, Your wounds became wisdom. I'm at a level of healing that I never thought would ever be attainable. Well, you know, I have a, here, like I said earlier, I, I have the capacity to be half cynic, half all in. Um, I have a teacher who always says, like, you know, a, a, an authentic teacher teaches what they need to know, what they need to still learn. And I think that's what the universe was saying to you, like, girl, you, you have work here that you need to do. Because, like, you know, I, I think it's, and I think when you when you finally align yourself into what you're supposed to do, yeah, door like doors open, people present themselves, and it's like, oh, this yeah. is what I'm supposed to be doing, and you'll do it until you're not supposed to. Right. I truly, I amen. Like I've been divinely guided, supported, and protected through all of this. Mm. Like it's, you know, it's like. Uh, even like our, our soft launch, like announcing like this is something that like a project I'm working on. I was so afraid the night before. Weeks leading up to it, I could not sleep. Not because of like when I I told a couple friends that they're thinking. I realized that when I said that, they thought I was saying I'm afraid of failing. Right. Or I'm afraid of this failing in like a business sense. Right. I'm like, oh no, I don't give a shit about that. Right. I'm not afraid of anything. Like a business is easy. You get an LLC and you go. <laughs> Anyone can have a business. Even the business side of nonprofit is a whole different ball right. game. It's different. But this is something that is literally, um, I guess that's where I had so much deep wounding. Yeah. And um, when it came to certain things like this, you're afraid of retaliation, mm, of yeah. hurting your yeah, yeah, family. Yeah. You have to protect yourself. I mean, it's some stuff that was. It, it, it's heavy. You know? It's very it's heavy. Very dense it's very heavy stuff that's not just in my head, but it's also very real that yeah. I had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, think about and, and, and line up and get th- some things together, but it's very much so real. And so when people ask me to share my story, I can't exactly share all of my story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I totally get that. I'm yeah. still very much in that space. Like I wrote an article, I don't know, three, four years ago, about basically what happened to me as a kid. And like it was published and everything. And I was like, 
oh shit like now like the whole it's out there for the whole family like I didn't yeah. name names but yeah. I gave enough detail <laughs> where you didn't have to right. look too far and it was very interesting yeah some people just pretend it never happened they never saw it or whatever yeah. but it's like yeah you get to this place though where you realize that your story is one of the most powerful tools that you have right. but at the same time you have to get to a place where you can tell the story in a way that is healing for yourself mm -hmm. uh, inspiring for others but also not your identity because mm -hmm. you know a lot of people are identified right. by their story right and it's like that's not who I am that's just something that happened right you know? exactly um, and that's a hard thing though to help people move through mm -hmm. that okay this is something that happened to you it's not the definition of you exactly and that's some that's some hardcore work yeah Damn. It's, it's so it's very expansive too like but you know, no one is obligated to share their story. Mm. I'll get to a point, you know, I'm doing like... So do you do like a group therapy kind of thing or no? So eventually we'll move into like, you know, support groups and that sort of thing probably next year. Uh -huh. But right now it's just one-on-one. -on -one. And especially gotcha. when you're working with people who are referrals, it's it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah. It as trauma-sensitive um, as possible. But, um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about like what you just said but one thing I did realize is that ev everyone is worried about their fucking selves yes like yes. no one I realized when I um it finally said it publicly like hey this is a thing that I'm doing and um a project no one really gave a fuck <laughs> <laughs> right no which is really very freeing cared. actually I was like <gasps> I know it wasn't a thing of I know. like nobody like yeah. nobody cares yeah. like I was so excited like I was like no one cares like mm -hmm. I was like <gasps> happy yeah. I was like because I also because everyone's like, got their own shit yes but the, <laughs> the sad thing is is that that also shows me how much shame I was mm -hmm. carrying and I didn't know I thought I had released so much and through all of this there was this because I had uh tried to black out and block out so many things from a right. certain time in my life. Right. There was this shame that I was holding on to mm. that was so deeply ingrained in me. It's Do you think so that that's sad. something that we're moving past like as a society, the whole shame aspect of it? Because people are talking about it more, do you think? I, I definitely think collectively, like as a human race, you know, we're becoming more sophisticated and awakening and yeah. more conscious. Um, and I think that's just humanity as they're evolving. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, I think it's definitely needed in this awakening of like whatever you feel ashamed about is like not a big deal we make certain things a big deal and so yeah. we hold on to this yeah. shame yeah. Um, but I mean if it's something that happened to you and trauma it's like yeah it's good we talk about all of these things because we've been t told don't talk about that right. or don't do that or this is wrong or but I also think, in the mental you know, health conversations yeah. you know but I, I I think realistically I don't think there's a single person that has not had a traumatic event of some sort. Everyone's been traumatized. Yeah. Even if it's yeah. something where you're like... Even if it's a little T trauma. Right. And even if you're like, I don't understand why that would bother you. You Like, for some reason, there's something that where it just... Sh like, that we shut down. Right. right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there are some car accidents that just change mm -hmm. a lot. You know, the physiology right. of someone. Right. And it manifests in certain in ways. In yeah. certain ways. So, so you never know. What's your, do you have a daily practice? Not really. Yeah. I don't have, I've, you know, More and more of us are, are getting like that. More, like, if I could say, like, consistency, me doing the same thing every day at the same time. We're Gemini's. I, We're I not designed say, for that. I'm not designed for that. <laughs> if anything, that would actually make me That would stress me out more. Yes. That's, the rigidity yes. would actually be counterproductive. That's why I can't do Ashtanga or... <laughs> Yeah, it would be counterproductive uh -huh. to actually taking care of my soul. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I try my best to be a part of that 5 a.m. club bullshit. <laughs> oh, um, God, that's never day. happening for me. Some no, days that's why I've not been in a cult, because <laughs> most cults require you to be early risers. And I'm not. Yeah. I think that's the thing that saved me from being in a cult. I try so hard. But I do try to get up early to, like, you know, get ahead of my What's day early? or whatever. Some days it's 4 a.m. Some oh, days shit. it's 5 a.m. Some days it's it's 12 p.m. <laughs> Typically it's not 12 p.m. I miss those days. But it's, it's I do, anywhere. too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would love to sleep till noon. Typically a late, a, a sleeping in day for me. How far can I push it? Nine is about my... Yeah. About mine. Also, it depends on what I did the night before. Like, if I went real hard the night before. Yeah, 9 a.m. is literally, like, yeah, the latest yeah. I can typically yeah. wake up. But I try to, st- you know, wake up around 5, I try. Oh, my days. God. And I, if know, I woke I up at like 5, that would be four hours after I went to bed. Sometimes it's like that because, you know, my mind is so hungry for information. And mm, I do a yes. lot of, yeah, I do so much studying, you know, with my, Same. yeah, I'm still studying to be a yoga, uh, yoga therapist. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm studying for that. And there's other advocacy programs to make me a more, um, you know, competent advocate when it comes to certain things and mm. all the trauma informed things. Um, now, is there a website? Yes, it's breath number two. It's a starter website. Okay. Um, okay, so it's breath number two blossom.org. Don't judge the website. It's the starter, startup <laughs> website. I heard it doesn't look that bad, but like I had a website guy and I would always give him these revisions to make and he just wasn't getting my vision. So I was like, fuck it. So the night before our pre launch, like literally the night before at 3 a.m., he still didn't get done the way I wanted him to. I was like, I'm just going to make the website myself. So I That is the great web- thing about this DIY culture that we yes. have now. Like, you don't have to rely on anyone to get yeah. your message out. Like, you can be like, you know what? This is what I want out. I can figure this out. Yes. Love that. I, I put so the- breathe to the number breath. two. Breath. Breath. breath to blossom. Dumb. I was just made fun of the same thing. Breath to blossom. Breath to blossom. The two Dumb. is the number two. All right, now I have a questionnaire that I end with. Oh, God, what? Uh, made famous by Bernard Pivo and James Lipton. Do you know who either of those people are? Did he make Lipton tea? He did not. Okay. <laughs> so there, it's just rapid fire. <laughs> so first thing that pops into your head. Okay, I'm going to try it again. Now, I'm wor- this is what I'm working on when I do this questionnaire, not responding to your answer. Because okay. I, I have a really bad habit of like, ooh, oh, that's good. <laughs> So I'm going to try to not do it this time. Uh, what is your favorite word? Um. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Moist. That's almost universal. Uh, what excites you? Chianti. The wine. See. Si. Okay. <laughs> I had to make sure it wasn't something. Uh, what sound do you love? I've, that's what I thought. See, I've already blown it. What sound do you not like? Chewing people, dragging their feet. Oh, both of those things. <laughs> it's one word. <laughs> both of those things. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? It's fine if it's not an actual curse word. A curse word for me is poor. Poor? Poor. Like, P-O-O-R? Poor, broke. Oh. Those are curse words. Oh, that's good. I think, you know, we attach meaning to words. Yeah. Um, I'm about to do this prosperity work. That's interesting that you said that. Is, yeah, is like I, we, there's so much meaning attached already to those words. I don't need to attach it. So I'm not poor. Like, you're not poor, you're not broke. Anytime anyone says that, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, what profession would you like to attempt? I'm, I feel so aligned with, like, the word. It's the one word thing. I can't No, say you can say whatever okay, you want. Okay, I mean, okay. So, I think I'm super aligned in the path I'm going. So, I work real estate full-time. That's my secret life. Yeah. That, um, don't tell anyone. Um, but, in the, you know, I want to continue aligning into, you know, 
nonprofit entrepreneurship and like you might be the first person um, that's answered it that way yeah and I want to go into like venture capital but to help other healers like become like bosses and expand their visions like once I like get my shit together like that's my big that's my big vision like I want to become a better healer but if it had nothing to do with like this you know realm that we're in then I would what I want to do I don't know like I just I can't even imagine like I feel Mm. like this is like literally what I'm supposed to do wow okay good for you um unless it was um being a princess (laughs) I mean that you know according to Megan that is a profession yeah uh what pressure what profession would you not like to participate in Girl, you have no idea. I might do an episode like about you paid that your actually. Dues I paid my dues. That's paid right. Debt oh, with that hell job. yes. <laughs> hell yes. All right. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What would you like to hear that God say? Gosh. That's hard. Is it? Because it's like, do I picture God talking? Like, cause well, God that is, is like there is that, that idea. That, like, remember how but you I might be overthinking it. Because then it, when we say God like talking, then I do picture the white guy. The white guy. Right. Jesus I know. That's thing. a good point. That's and a good like, point. And I'm like, what would this man say to me? Well, what, what would you like to hear the, the gate attendant say, if there are, in fact, pearly gates? You did good. Here. Oh, that's what I said. That's exactly <laughs> oh, what I said. Um, you did good, and then um, points me to, like, a table or VIP section of all the people I know who've died that Because I, I know a lot of people who are dead. Yeah, yeah. same. So, I also am hoping that he'll say... By the way, I, I scored you a ticket for Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. I scored you a ticket for Whitney, Prince, I Michael Jackson, Prince. Yes. <laughs> David Bowie. Oh, my gosh. So Do you funny. have... This is not on the questionnaire, and, and then we'll wrap. Do you have... Um, have you ever been, like, severely impacted by a celebrity's death? to him but his his death felt weird and obviously when Michael Jackson died everyone was like yeah Um, Whitney I think I I think I actually did cry when Whitney died yeah even I mean with Kobe yeah that was a little yeah that that one and I'm not a basketball yeah I think it was so shocking and the fact that his kid was with him that yeah I, I did cry at that too yeah. My family are huge Laker fans, so it's just like, you know, I think I was one of the first ones to find out, and oh. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it's wild. It like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashley, I adore you, of course, and uh, we're gonna do this again at some point. We have to. This was fun. This was fun, right? This was fun. Yeah, I and can't I think we. This was recorded. I know. <laughs> And we're going we're gonna to finish off our rosé out here on this patio. And uh, until next time, friends, um, I'm still working on a farewell thing. Any oh, suggestions? Do you have a song, like a little theme? Well, I'm like going to a... Pick a, you're going to pick a song that you want to attach to the end of this Steve, episode. Stephen Willard. But my professional name's J. Stephen Willard. J. Stephen Willard. Ooh, <laughs> I could do like Ryan Seacrest. J. Stephen Willard out. Do we have it? What's the name of the podcast? There once was a yogi. There once That's was a my yogi. Brand. Hello. There once was a yogi. <laughs> All right. Until okay. next time, friends.